Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Father Bill W. I am an Episcopal priest here in Austin, Texas, and in long-term recovery from uh, alcoholism. Celebrated 48 years uh, last December. So um, welcome once again. We are starting a a new series. I'm excited about that. And a couple of new things are are going on I wanted to bring you up to date with. Uh, First is our new website, the Two-Way Prayer uh, website uh, got launched uh, maybe three four three weeks ago, I guess it was. And I really encourage you to visit it, uh, see what you think about it, send me some uh, reports on, on how you feel about it. Most of them have been very, very positive. Uh, we've tried to update it, enliven it. And uh, most importantly, we, we've got uh, our events listed on there, links to uh, flyers and things that are upcoming. And You can sign up for our newsletter and added a lot of uh, articles that you can download and maybe help you with uh, your two-way prayer practice. Um, We are doing one more uh, workshop before the summer. Uh, We do uh, the second Saturday of of most months, and we will do another one in June, a regular uh, two-way prayer workshop. So if you haven't uh, attended one of those, I'd strongly encourage you to try to make it. and we're going to try to shake things up a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take a few months off, I think, over the summer as far as the uh, the workshops, uh, maybe July and August, and then come back in September. And I want to do something on the history of the steps and, and maybe go through each one of the steps and give you some of the background, historical information that might help you approach those in a little bit of a different and more helpful manner. So... Anyway, uh, right now we're starting our new series. It's uh, on pioneer prayer, and we're going to be exploring some of the meditation and prayer practices of the Oxford group and uh, the early AAs. And I'm going to be using a book. uh, It's called Good Morning by Dick B. And I'm going to use this as a jumping off point. Uh, There is a link to it in the show notes. I I went on Amazon, saw that there are a number of... uh, used copies that are available, so it wouldn't be too expensive to uh, to purchase that. Uh, but it's really not going to be necessary for the, for the series. But, uh, I guess what I want to give you a little bit of information about Dick before we get started. Uh, he, was, he was a friend of mine, uh, passed away a few years back. He was an attorney, uh, lived out in Hawaii, and uh, got sober, I think it was in the early 1980s. And he was intrigued by the history of Alcoholics Anonymous, and he he started studying it and studying it seriously, uh, visiting AA archives around the country, talking to people who had uh, were still alive back then and uh, maybe, maybe had been members of the Oxford group or uh, early pioneers in AA, and recorded some, some of those uh, interviews and things. He was, he's a great resource for, uh, for early uh, study of, of AA history. I, I just don't know of a better one. Uh, but I do always kind of give folks a little bit of a warning when they're reading his books, and that is that uh, uh, Dick was a, uh, an unrecovered Bible thumper, shall we say. And uh, some of his writings uh, can turn people off. Uh, I am not a Bible thumper, nor am I a big book thumper. Uh, I think there's there's great information in both, and I think there's a, a path to transformation that's present in both. 
But I don't think people respond real well by being hit over the head with it. Uh, it's something that you have to come to and come to in, in your own time. So, um, but what I love about Dick uh, is, is he's, got, he's got the quotes, he's got the material, he's, he's bought the books, the old Oxford Group books, and he was a, an invaluable source for me when I first started getting into this uh, history stuff about 28 years ago. So um, we're going to use him for his book on, on Good Morning. Um, and um, when I'm asked for a, a, a book about the two-way prayer practice, uh, this is the one that I recommend. It's, uh, it's a great source for quotations, for background. It's not great for how to do the practice, but it is wonderful for uh, providing the backup material as to how, not how they did it, but why they did it, why the pioneers did what they did, and how important it was to them uh, for their own recovery. And we will go through the book chapter by chapter, uh, and Dick has seven, uh, seven chapters, I think it is, and we usually do seven or eight chapters, excuse me, seven or eight uh, episodes for each podcast. So that should work out uh, pretty well, though I will go off on uh, some tangents. So, so let's go ahead and uh, we'll get started here. And chapter one in, in his book is entitled, What's It All About? And uh, Dick begins by laying out how very different early AA prayer and meditation practices were from our present day program. And I, I can certainly attest to that. Uh, I know when I came in, uh, probably the greatest meditation book was the 24-hour-a-day book put out by Hazelden, the little black book. And uh, But the, the fascinating thing is nobody ever told me that the meditations in that book were actually the two-way prayer writings of two women in England. And so they, they were always the best part. I was intrigued by them, uh, loved them. Uh, they comforted me, uh, particularly in early sobriety. Um, but here I was, and I was reading their meditations. I was listening to how God was speaking to them and guiding them instead of uh, being taught how to bring my own problems to God and then listening for his voice as it applies very specifically to me. So um, uh, let's see. Um, Dick starts off with this quote from Bill Wilson, uh, kind of reminding us that uh, AA and the 12 steps largely came through the Oxford group and the uh, I've quoted this one before, but it's an important one. Uh, so this is Bill, and he's been discussing steps one and steps 12. And, and then he says, where did the early AA find the material for the remaining 10 steps? Where did we learn about moral inventory, amends for harm done, turning our will and our lives over to God? Where did we learn about meditation and prayer and all the rest of it? the spiritual substance of our remaining 10 steps came straight from Dr. Bob's and my own earlier association with the Oxford groups. So uh, that, that's validation that, that the, the two-way prayer practice that we're going to be talking about and the influence of the Oxford group on early AA was tremendously important uh, 
Uh, Bill Wilson was an innovator. He, he, I don't know that he was terribly original in his thoughts, uh, but but he, uh, ex- except for the, uh, the the twelve traditions, I think that's the most brilliant thing he wrote. But the steps, he he said in in a number of quotes that he took them from the Oxford group. Uh, they didn't have steps, but they did have a process. And doing during a two way prayer time. Uh, he sat down and received guidance and tried to take that process and put it into a number of steps. Uh, but but the the program, the spirituality that's present in the program, that that came from other sources. And Wilson said this, and this is in Dick's book. He says, as a society, we must never become so vain as to suppose that what that we have been the authors and inventors, of a new religion. We will humbly reflect that each of AA's principles, every one of them, has been borrowed from ancient sources. So uh, nothing really new in the big book, might be new for us, but uh, uh, for religious people and uh, spiritual people, it's uh, it's uh, somewhat similar. Uh, sounds familiar, Dr. Bob was more of a student of uh, religion and spirituality than, than Bill was. And, and Bob said this, he said, it wasn't until 1938 that the teachings and efforts and studies that we, that, excuse me, that had been going on were crystallized in the form of the 12 steps. We already had the basic ideas though not in terse and tangible form. We got them as a result of our study of the good book. And uh, they did. They studied They studied the scripture. They read scripture as part of their uh, morning guidance, uh, uh, quiet time practice. I always get a kick out of a story that one of the old timers told me of uh, they're studying 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the love chapter, and that they would go home and practice some of the things that were said in there. So I thought I'd just read a couple of those. His, you know, love is patient and kind. And they'd go home that week and they'd practice being patient and kind. Love is not boastful or proud. And they'd see how they do with that. Doesn't behave inappropriately. Hey, for this you know, for this week, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, appropriate, fellas. Huh? We don't insist. Love doesn't insist on having its own way. So I mean, there. I mean, first things first, day at a time. You see all of these things. They're they're really coming uh, through the scripture, um, but in a, in a unique way. I think that alcoholics and addicts can uh, can put them to to use. That they're not something holy that sits on a shelf, but they're something that we begin to integrate into our lives. Um, Next thing uh, that Dick covers in the book is the visit from um, Frank Amos, who was sent by J.D. Rockefeller Jr. to study this new movement and see why it was being effective with alcoholics. And he brought back this report, and it was tremendously important for an understanding of two-way prayer and the quiet time practice. This is what was in his report. He said, an alcoholic must have devotions every morning, a quiet time of prayer, and some reading from the Bible 
and other religious literature. Unless this is faithfully followed, there is grave danger of backsliding. And then uh, what's reported in Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers, uh, an AA publication, it says this in reference to the Frank Amos report, continues saying, the AA members of that time did not consider meetings necessary to maintain sobriety. They were simply desirable. Morning devotion and quiet time, however, were musts. And God, I remember the first time I, I came across that, and it was Dick's, one of his books, uh, where, where I first saw it. And I said, oh my God, this is heresy. Uh, what has happened to the program? How much we have shifted away from prayer and meditation, which I always found difficult to do. And I, I want to be real upfront about that. And, then, uh, and God knows I, I'm not the only one. When I, when I do workshops, I hear people say, yeah, I always struggle with the prayer and the meditation part. And I think uh, if we study the history, it can become a lot simpler and, uh, and more effective. But we shifted away from, uh, from doing the prayer and the meditation as intensely as they did, shifted away from readings, uh, spiritual literature of all kinds, and kind of settled down to reading the big book over and over and over and over again, rather than branching out. And these people used to read lots and lots of spiritual literature, and, and it would feed them uh, and, and take them in, uh, in new and transformational directions. Here's another quote, and this one is very specific to the two-way prayer practice um, and is uh, from Henrietta D. Uh, Bill D., Bill Dalrymple was AA number three. After Bill and Bob, he was the, the third one. And, and in this quote, she's referring to her relationship with Dr. Bob's wife, Annie. And, uh, and Annie, she said, this is the quote, Annie would call me every single morning and ask me if I had had my quiet time. You were supposed to go by yourself with a pad and pencil and put down anything that came into your mind. Later in the day, it might come to you why. Probably for a year, she called me every single morning. Did you have your quiet time? Did you get anything special out of it? And then she concludes, she was wonderful. Uh, so that was the practice that each morning, individually or sometimes as a group, men and women in, in early recovery, and they were all in early recovery then, would sit down, bring their problems to God, read, read some uh, either, either scripture or guided literature, and, uh, and then write down the thoughts that uh, came to them. And that's, that's the two-way prayer, the larger piece they called the quiet time. And, and we've shifted away from that to uh, relying so much on sponsors, relying so much on meetings, rather than shifting our reliance onto God, uh, which is where ultimately it really needs to be. So here, Ann Smith kept a journal, and Dick wrote a book called Ann Smith's Journal. Uh, I think it was 30, 40 pages. I'm not sure how long it was. But it, it was some of her writings. Some of them were lost, but some of them still remain that she uh, 
her notes basically from her study of the Oxford group principles and practices. And she would share these with, uh, with the drunks and with, the, with their families. So this is a, a selection from her journal. And she, in it, she wrote, daily quiet time. This cannot be emphasized too much. Not a day should be missed. The early morning hours are best. It may be that there's a need for more than one quiet time during the day. Whenever need arises, one should stop and pray and listen. The method of holding quiet time varies some with each individual. All include prayer and Bible reading and study and patient listening to God. So I think when you go back and you start, you start uh, reading these quotes and, and seeing the reliance that they had on this prayer practice, it brings our 11th step uh, into, into new light. It certainly did for me. Uh, and so that practice that had been so difficult uh, of, of prayer and meditation suddenly really started to open up. I didn't have to not think. I didn't have to follow an Eastern tradition. Uh, some people do, and that's okay. Um, but I had to just bring my problems to God and, and listen for the guidance and write down what came and then check it by the four standards of honesty, unselfishness, purity, and love. Another quote, this is from Sue uh, Windows, who was Dr. Bob's adopted daughter. Um, it's kind of a beautiful little quote. I like it. She said, at that time when dad and mom and Bill were working out the program, I was getting involved with the quiet time they had in the morning. The guys would come and mom would have quiet time with them. There was a cookie salesman and he'd bring the stale cookies over and we'd take up a collection for three pounds of coffee for 29 cents. Then they'd have their quiet time, which is a holdover from the Oxford group, where they read the Bible, prayed, and listened, and got guidance. Then they'd have coffee and cookies. This was early in the morning, when the sky was just starting to get light. Sometimes they got out of bed to do this. As we'll see when we go through the book, uh, early morning was definitely the time to begin doing the practice. Um, as I say, it, it included reading. It was generally done individually, uh, but from time to time they would come together and do it as a group. Um, here's another quote from uh, Dr. Bob uh, and the good old timers. It says this, that morning quiet time continued to be an important part of the recovery program in 1938-1939, as did the spiritual reading from which the early members derived a good deal of their inspiration. Uh, Dick has another book uh, called Dr. Bob's Library, where he uh, lists and comments on uh, the great number of books, and they were not all Christian books, that, uh, that Bob had uh, in his library that he studied and read and profited from. These guys were, you know, they were on the edge of things. 
they, they were reaching out for what's out there that's going to help us change and, and, and inspire us to lead a spiritual life. And, and nothing was more important than the listening for God's voice, finding the voice, uh, and, and writing down the thoughts that, that came, that God worked through their imaginations. And so it was the, the, that program was very creative, and that's what I had been missing in mind. It had become flat and stale and uh, more meetings and run through the steps again and again and again. And, uh, you know, if you got problems, just do it again, start over, do it again. Instead of finding uh, entree into a, a real spiritual journey that was enlivening for me. So I've been doing it this way, kind of the old timers way, the, the, the pioneers way, you might call it, for 28 years. And I've never gotten bored with the program never gotten bored with my spiritual life or development. Uh, it's, it's unfolding more and more and more uh, as, as the time goes on. Here's a description that I like that G Dick gives in this chapter about Dr. Bob's own prayer practice. And this is kind of informative. He says, this was reported by Paul S., in uh, Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers. He says this, Dr. Bob's morning devotion consisted of a short prayer, a 20-minute study of a familiar verse from the Bible, and a quiet period of waiting for directions as to where he that day should find use for his talent. Having heard he would rigorously go about his father's business, as he put it. So each day then becomes an adventure. Each day becomes, I am receiving guidance directly from God into my mind, checked by the four absolutes. If it's a big thing, I'm going to check it with someone else who's listening to two-way prayer. But if it's not a big thing, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You know, read this book or finish this job or call this person or on what, what I sometimes refer to as a deep dive, look at, look at the shadow parts, look at the parts of me that still need changing, you know, and this is where the absolutes uh, really come to our assistance. Uh, the not just, you know, checkbook honesty, but am, am I honest with my feelings and my emotions, uh, honesty of the heart, purity of the heart, purity of the mind, purity of the body, all, all those things. How many of us have other addictions uh, that are killing us, killing us, literally? Uh, and and we're, we haven't found uh, a way to deal with them. I mean, the steps, the steps do do it. There's no question. But for me, the steps in the light of how they did it in the early days, man, that just rocketed me into that fourth dimension of existence that I had been, uh, been waiting for. And um, so here's, here's a final quote. Uh, and this one comes from uh, Bill Wilson himself. And a little bit of background on this one is important. Wilson was wondering, why was it 
that AA in Akron and Cleveland was getting so many more recoveries than they were finding in New York. I mean, what was it that was happening out there? And and what he says was this. um, I always felt that something was lost from AA when we stopped emphasizing the morning meditation. You go to meetings uh, in Akron uh, and in Cleveland, you'll still see the four absolutes. I think you still see there the influence of Dr. Bob, uh, of a perhaps a more intense spiritual focus to the program. And I know uh, I'm, I'm from New York, so maybe I can say this, but I go to meetings in New York and, and more and more, uh, I find it's meetings, meetings, meetings. You know, the, 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 the emphasis is on the meetings. And I think that's good. I think it's important. I think it's really helpful. Um, but I don't know that it's the way to transformation. I think that uh, transformation uh, lies more in the route that they took in um, Akron and in Cleveland. Uh, Bill admitted very freely that Dr. Bob, of the, of the two co-founders, he said Dr. Bob was much more spiritual than he was. And, and Bob practiced this way of life uh, humbly, quietly. Uh, he didn't write much. He didn't, he didn't speak much, but he did much, you know. He sponsored uh, some 5,000 uh, people. Uh, into recovery. He was he was what Wilson called the prince of 12 steppers. Uh, why? Because he'd received guidance. And uh, like, like it said in that quote, he, he just, uh, having heard, would rigorously go about his father's business, as he put it. So there's a little bit of a taste of uh, historically from the, from the documents what this practice was about, I think you can see uh, clearly how important it was for the transformation process, the change, the psychic change that we know uh, has to happen in each individual if we are going to uh, really find recovery for our addictions. So, um, Anyway, uh, I hope that's uh, enough to get us started, uh, both with Dick's book and perhaps more importantly, uh, with uh, taking time each morning uh, to commit to to meeting with God, to taking our problems to God, uh, to seek God's guidance and direction. Uh, This was the missing link in my recovery, and maybe it might be for yours as well. I did a, a little AA mini workshop the other day with a group in uh, London uh, on Zoom, and there was a fellow who had a, uh, a tremendous problem, and he shared it uh, in, in the group. Um, and, and he hadn't been, didn't know much about two-way prayer. And uh, I encouraged him and very quickly and briefly, you know, this next morning, uh, go home, uh, 
get up early and take this problem to God and, and see what he has to say about it. I can't comment on it. It's too heavy for me. It's too deep for me. And then I asked him if he would, if he would send me that, uh, that writing. And, and he did that this morning and uh, really, really touched my heart. I'm, uh, I don't have his permission to read it, so I'm not going to do it. But uh, God said to him uh, the things that only God could say. No, no, no counselor, no sponsor, nobody who hadn't uh, been there with him and through it uh, could respond in the manner that uh, he heard. So um, I think this process is transformational. I think it's uh, life-changing. And um, I, I, I hope that uh, we'll just kind of get down to some nitty gritties, basic stuff of uh, why they did it, how they did it, and, uh, and that that'll be helpful to you all in, uh, in making it part of your own program and your own way to, of doing it. So uh, there's, there's many, many roads that lead to God. I think this is an important one that uh, can be of help to you. So thanks uh, again for listening. Again, go to the, go to the new website, check it out. Uh, got any comments on it? I'd love to hear them. If you have a two-way prayer that you've written and do want to share with me, uh, please send it to me. Uh, I can be reached at twowayprayer at gmail.com. Thanks again. God bless. Keep coming back.